beauty and skincare is always a hot topic around here, and today I want to tell you about a new product line I've discovered that I think you will like, Exponent Beauty. Listeners of the show will receive 20% off their purchase. More details on that in a minute. Exponent Beauty is a skincare brand with a line of activated anti-aging serums that are clinically proven to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. The beauty of Exponent Beauty is their innovative form factor. The powders are activated with a quadruple hyaluronic acid serum in their patented precision-dosed dispenser. The packaging is gorgeous, and the dispenser itself is refillable, so it has also reduced plastic waste. Exponent Beauty's line of serums can be found in med spas and spas and dermatologists' office around the country. The line is dermatologist-recommended and clinically proven to reduce those fine lines and wrinkles, and to increase brightness and radiance, and to firm skin without irritation. No more expired or underutilized products with Exponent Beauty, just high-quality skincare with ingredients that work. Go to ExponentBeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's Exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two zero for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. to tell you. And you have 10 things to tell. This show is about connection with each other and with ourselves. And the hope is that the things we talk about here will be fuel for better conversations and a personal awareness. This is an interactive podcast. Each episode has a prompt and a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to your best friend, or answer on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. Welcome to this episode of the 10 things to tell you podcast. The first episode of a new year on a topic that is near and dear to my heart. Book clubs. Being a part of a real life book club for 12 years now, Now, not the same book club. There have been several different versions of my real life book club that I've been in. Different people, different sizes, different focuses. But I've been in some version of a real life book club since 2008. And these groups have been a lifeline for me. Regular meetings with smart, thoughtful women talking about books (laughs) It has been a joy, an education, and truly it is one of the most important things that has kept loneliness at bay for me in Los Angeles. I'm just a big believer in book clubs for lots of reasons, not just for the community and the friendship that it brings, although, of course, that is amazing, but also because a good book club will push you out of your reading comfort zone Whether you're a sporadic reader who wants to read more or you're a voracious reader who could use a little variety in their reading habits, 
I have read books in book club that I never would have picked up on my own, and they ended up being some of the best that I've ever read. I've also come to a book club meeting feeling one way about a book and left the meeting feeling a totally different way. That has happened to me so many times, in fact, because of the conversation that happened and because other people brought their perspectives to the book that you know I didn't even know about maybe. And so it changed that work for me, for better or for worse. And that in itself is such a growth opportunity, talking through a book with someone who feels differently about it than you do. In my first book, Share Your Stuff, I'll Go First, which comes out in February, I wrote a whole section about how my first book club was a real turning point for me after some lonely years here in LA, where it's just hard to make friends. It it can be. And because I'm such a book club proponent, I am doing a book club that I'm hosting just for Share Your Stuff, I'll Go First. Now, you do have to pre-order the book to be part of that six-week book club. We're going to talk through the chapters together. We're going to have lots of discussions. There will be lots of ways for you to share your stuff. And then, of course, there'll be behind-the-scenes author information and all of that kind of stuff that I can't wait to share. So if you want to be part of the Share Your Stuff, I'll Go First book club, you need to go pre-order the book wherever you want to pre-order it, Amazon, Bookshop, Target, Audible, any independent bookstore might offer this. And you take that receipt number, the pre-order number, to shareyourstuffbookbonuses.com. Shareyourstuffbookbonuses.com. Com. Of course, I'll also put this in the show notes. You will fill out a form there and then you will then be on the list for all of the pre-order bonuses, including the Share Your Stuff private book club. Doors will close on that book club invitation because I really do not want people joining in after we've started reading the book and talking through it. So make sure that you sign up for that now before February 2nd if you want to be part of the Share Your Stuff I'll Go First book club. Also today, a freebie for those who are listening who are inspired to start a book club after this episode or for people who are already in a book club and looking for awesome suggestions, I put together a list of 10 books to choose for your next book club selection. And it's just my personal recommendation for books that would make excellent book club picks because they will spark a lot of opinions or discussion. And so if you want those book recommendations, it is free. It will come straight to your email inbox. Go to 10thingstotellyou.com slash how to start a book club. That's 10thingstotellyou.com slash how to start a book club. Okay, now to the meat of the matter, how to start a book club. (laughs) And let's just get some basics out of the way. I'm defining a book club as a regular meeting of people to discuss one book. This may not be what you have in mind when you're thinking of a book club that you want to start. There are variations on the kinds of book clubs that you can start or be in. We'll talk about some of those later. But for the most part, what we're talking through here today is kind of the traditional book club idea. I'm just thinking of an in-person book club, once we're all COVID safe, of course, where the members meet on a regular basis and discuss one book at a time. It should also be noted that I'm 
for the most part talking about a group of friends or acquaintances or coworkers, but people who are loosely linked in some way. Some of these ideas in the show today will, you know, have to change. If you're thinking about starting a community book club where the members might be strangers to one another, or if you're thinking of starting an online book club, which of course will just have very different logistics. So adapt what you hear in this episode for your own situation, but still most of these principles still will hold for lots of different types of book clubs. Okay, so the first thing to do, number one, super important. It's kind of the first thing to do for all things all the time. (laughs) Number one is identify why. Or as Kendra the Lazy Genius would say, name what matters. There are lots of reasons that you might want to start a book club. Community is a big part of it. That's why I started mine. I was lonely. I needed friends or I wanted an excuse or like a reason to spend time with the few friends I did have. I wanted to have this regular meeting on our calendars every month. So community is a big part of it. It really helps in our lives that get very busy to sort of have this standing date with one another, if you will. So that's a big reason that you might want to start a book club. Another reason that is really valid is that you want a little bit more reading discipline in your life. Maybe you don't read as much as you would like and you feel like having at least one book a month that's kind of like an assignment, you know you're going to have to talk about it at a meeting, would really help you meet some of your reading goals. Along those same lines, maybe there are books that you want to read but you never seem to get to on your own and so having this kind of accountability is helpful for you to get to those books that sort of always fall to the bottom of your list. Maybe you want to read through the classics. Maybe there's some nonfiction titles that are harder sometimes to read on your own. It would just be helpful to have other people to discuss these topics with. So the discipline of having a monthly book club meeting might be another reason that you want to start something like this. But identifying your why, you cannot skip this step. It is so important because it really does inform every other step after. If you are choosing a why for you because you really care about the community aspect and other people in the group have a different why, like they're very rigorous about their reading schedule and you know that's what matters to them about the book club, you will be out of sync. You won't be sort of on the same page. So identifying your why, if you're the one starting it alone, then you get to choose the why. But if you have a friend you're starting it with or a group that's already maybe sort of talked about starting it, get on the same page about your why. It really is important because it will definitely drive what kind of books you choose, what your logistics are, kind of the rules around your book club meetings. We'll get to all of this in a second, but the why matters to all of these other decisions. So identify the why. And as always, be honest about the why. Like don't act like you really have a deep driving passion to read through all of Charles Dickens when really all you want to do is get together with girlfriends once a month and drink a lot of wine. You get to choose what the why is. There is no wrong why. (laughs) 
but be honest about your why. You can certainly have a book club where the book is not the number one most important part, but the community is, and it's just the thing that kind of glues you all together. Again, that's fine, but then stop pretending you're on your way to being a Dickens scholar, if you know what I mean. Okay, so but this also brings us to number two, because it fits right in and it's very important. Number two is choose members wisely. Now, I do not mean this to sound exclusive or snobby or anything like that. When I say choose members wisely, what I'm really doing is just protecting the culture of your group and protecting your why so that there aren't a lot of disappointed members or a disappointed you. So like in the example I just used, because this seems to be one of the most common things I hear, if half of the group expects it to just be a fun wine night and half of the group takes the book reading part really seriously, those two groups are going to be really frustrated with one another and it will not be what you want the book club to be if people are not on the same page, pun intended. So when you are choosing your members wisely, think about people who will probably have the same goal for the group. Think about people who either have the time or will make the time for something like this. You know, don't overload people's plates. I do think we should always let people choose if they're invited to something like this. We don't always know what people will make time for, of course, but just be mindful of different people's lifestyles and their priorities. It's just something to think about. And also, if it is within the circle, your social circle, your work circle, you know, whatever the pool is you're choosing from for potential book club members, make a real effort to bring some diverse opinions, diverse perspectives into your group. This can show up in all kinds of ways. Maybe members grew up in different parts of the country. Maybe they're a different religion, a different race. They have different family structures, different careers. When you have a lot of different perspectives like this, it makes book club discussions so much better and so much richer. Some of the best book club discussions I've ever had in my life why they were so important to me was because I was hearing a perspective I've never heard before. You know, my fellow book club member read the same book I did and had a completely different take. And usually her take was because she saw life through a different lens. And I got the benefit of being in a club with her where we could share these things. It goes both ways. I was also able to share why I thought what I thought about the book or about the topic. And it's just so beneficial. And so I don't think you have to get so tangled up in that part, especially if you're very new to starting a book club, if this is like a whole new venture for you. But I really want you to think about it because I genuinely think that having a lot of different people in these discussions is what is going to make this valuable and fun and all of the things that you want a good book club to be. So that is choose members wisely. That is number two. And the other part of the choosing members wisely is prepare yourself if it doesn't 
work out exactly how you're planning. Now, I'm not firing people from your book club before we've even begun, (laughs) but I do think that you can't take it too personally if people say no, that they don't want to join, or if people say yes, and then maybe after a few meetings realize it's not for them. Hold all of that loosely because this isn't about hurt feelings. There's a lot that goes into a monthly commitment because it's more than just the meeting, right? You have to commit to the reading of the book, which is hours of a person's month. And like I already talked about, people might have different ideas of what they think a book club is going to look like and then it maybe doesn't meet their expectations or they just don't find it to be fun in the same way that you find it to be fun. So let that kind of all work itself out. When you're choosing members wisely, everyone's just doing the best they can, but there is going to be some shuffle. You just have to understand that. There's going to be some people who join later after the book club has been going for a bit. There's going to be people who don't join at all. There's going to be people who join and then fall away. (laughs) And that's part of this learning experience. And I do encourage you to kind of like not get so wrapped up in that and making it super personal. And also sort of allowing it to unfold in a way that might be very unexpected for you and for the other members in a good way. Group dynamics are important and you cannot really manufacture them. You know, you have to choose wisely, which is the number that we're still on, but you also kind of have to let a little bit of magic happen. If somebody invites their cousin or neighbor or whatever into one of the meetings, Don't get too hung up on it. Maybe that person will be the most magical new member you could have possibly imagined. Maybe someone invites someone in and it really shows you that you have to maybe put some rules around when we invite and when we don't in order to sort of keep everyone in a conversation that feels comfortable and safe and equal and all of those things. So while I'm talking about choosing members wisely, I'm also talking about paying attention to the group dynamics, letting there be some unexpected things about that happen, and also just letting it kind of evolve, if you will, because there are going to be some surprises and there is just going to be a shuffle. That's just how it works. And in these type of situations, I like to just keep in mind that for the most part, we are all doing the best we can. And it might not always come out right. And occasionally, in any kind of a club, there might be some uncomfortable moments while you find your footing. But if you're mindful of all of these dynamics and you hold it all loosely, I promise you there is some magic that can happen if and when a book club comes together. I also want to say one last thing about choosing members wisely. Do think about capping how many people are in the book club. Now, again, this is not for exclusivity in the worst sense of that word. The types of conversations that crop up in a book club, it might just work better if it's on the smaller side. Now, if you're planning to start a book club with like a really large community, a neighborhood book club, a, you know, parent association book club or or something like that, then the invite goes out to however many people are in that community, and you can't really choose the size in that case. But if you are just doing a friend type of book club, I think that it can get so big, you know, after about 10 members, it can get so big that people feel less committed 
you know, they don't mind skipping because there's plenty of other people who will be there. They think their absence won't be as noticed or it won't matter so much to the host or that kind of thing. And then also, not that a book club has to be like a pour your heart out session kind of thing, but a bigger group does mean that you are less likely to share an unpopular opinion or kind of put yourself out there in the discussion by sharing your own experience. Or you might feel more shy about asking a question if you're worried it will make you look dumb. Like that kind of thing. The, the bigger the group, the more likelihood is that you're going to have people who feel less committed and more shy. So for me, the perfect size of book club is really six to eight. That's enough people that you can have really interesting and layered conversation. And it's also few enough that you feel kind of committed to the group. Like you know that if two people drop out of a six-person group, that's going to make a dent in the evening or the morning or whenever you meet. So in my mind, six to eight feels like a really solid number. You can also have less than that. My current real-life book club, you might have heard us back on episode... 96, where we shared our best books of the year. That was my real life book club. And right now there are only three of us. Yes, three people in a book club. Now, the three of us were part of a larger book club that was closer to seven or eight women. And then that club kind of whittled down and changed shape and some things. And so right now there's just three of us. I do think that that will grow and we want it to grow maybe post COVID time, but we actually have amazing conversations, just the three of us. So that's another thing to consider that you do not have to have six to eight friends who are super invested or committed in a monthly meeting. It can be as few as makes sense for where you are in life right now. And you don't have to feel any weirdness around that or any shame about that or anything, especially if it aligns with your why, because it gets you in a community social setting because it gets you reading great books, you only need a few people to align with your why. So think about the size and think about what's going to work best for a range of personalities, but you don't have to be a stickler about any of it. It's not every day that you find a product that you truly love and want to shout about from the rooftops. Well, friends, I have found something that I am genuinely excited to share with you today, and that is Born Shoes. Born Shoes are made with the best top quality leather with functional stitching and flexibility. They are lightweight, but they're also supportive. They are great for all casual occasions, extremely comfortable, and especially good for travel. The brand recently gifted me a pair of the Ithaca style sandals. Of course, they are beautiful. The footbed has extra foam for added comfort and with a slight heel for lift. I am positive that I could walk all over London in this pair of shoes, just like I did in my Born Sandals last summer. Born Shoes offers sandals, flats, boots, and heels in several styles and color choices. Take comfort in Born Shoes. Every season, they make high-quality shoes that feel as good as they look. With artistic touches, unparalleled craftsmanship, and exquisite materials, Born designs shoes to satisfy the demands of every lifestyle. Go to bornshoes.com for a 15% discount plus free ground shipping on all full-price shoes when you use my promo code TELL. That's born, B-O-R-N, shoes, S-H-O-E-S, 
com and use promo code TELL, T-E-L-L, for 15% off and free shipping, available exclusively to our listeners for a limited time. Y'all know that I love to play games on my phone to unwind, and I am always looking for a new one to download. And I recently ran across Two Dots, and I want to tell you about it. Two Dots is a free-to-download, puzzle-based game that involves connecting dots through relaxing puzzles while unlocking levels and collecting prizes along the way. There are different gameplay modes to make the experience unique and exciting with every single puzzle. There are over five thousand distinct puzzles with various power-ups and special dots ready to earn as you move through the levels. The in-app music and visually stimulating interface provide a soothing experience when you just want to relax and unwind. Not only is Two Dots free to download, but it can also be played without internet connection. So playing on the go offline is a breeze. And if you don't want to play alone, you can challenge your friends on Facebook as well as connect with the larger Two Dots community for even more engagement. If you're looking for the perfect game to help you relax but also keep you engaged, download Two Dots for free on Android and iOS. Okay, number three. Decide on the logistics. This is my favorite part. (laughs) I know it won't be everyone's favorite part, but I think that this is important and it really helps everyone to understand how it's going to work. I think that making your logistics really clear from the beginning, whether that's you who started the book club or if you're starting with a group that you all kind of agree on these logistics right from the beginning, there's a few to consider, like how to choose a book. I'll say more about that in a second because I have big feelings on how to choose a book. Who is the communicator, meaning who sends the email, if that's how you mainly communicate, that sort of explains the book club selection and tells where you're going to meet and all of that kind of thing. Who hosts the meeting? Who leads the discussion? And how the discussion is led? Like, are you working off of a set list of questions or is it just a free-for-all conversation? Now, obviously there are, you know... (laughs) A number of ways, probably hundreds of ways that you could decide on your logistics. I am going to tell you my opinion on some of these things, but I know that not everyone has the same values I do, does not have the same why I do, and so this might not work for you. But for me, and I've been in a number of book clubs that have tried a few different ways, but for me, the way that works best, both in logistics and clarity, And also in value is one person hosts every month and you rotate hosts. The person who hosts also chooses the book. So you are hosting it at your home. You're providing food and drink. If that is part of your meeting, you are choosing the book. The host does that. In an average size book club, you might then have hosting duties just once or twice a year, which feels doable for most people in a busy life. And it takes all the pressure off every other member in the months when they're not hosting, that all they have to do is read the book and show up and discuss the book. I also personally feel really strongly that book club selections should not be chosen by committee. A book club, in terms of the choice of the book, is not a democracy. I really don't like it when a book club votes on what to choose next. And that is because for my why, 
I want to be pushed to read something I wouldn't normally read. Yes, this often means I read something I don't like, or I give hours of reading a book to something that is not my thing. But for me, because I read a lot, that's not really wasted hours. I read several books a month, so if one of them is off the beaten path, that's a good thing for me. It's actually a great thing for me because I have read things in genres I never would pick up. Like one of my favorite book club reads over the last 10 years was a sci-fi, sort of like a vampire zombie, apocalyptic, government conspiracy book <laughs> called The Passage that my old book club member who was in a book club I was in years ago chose for us. I never, ever, ever would have chosen that. And I thought when I started it, this is not going to be my thing. It was absolutely my thing. I loved it. It was amazing to read something that great and then talk about it and, you know, be surprised by a book I read. If we had voted on what books to read each month, I would most likely vote for a book I was already planning to read or a book that's in a genre or by an author that I am already interested in. And if your goal is to just read more, then that might be the way to do it. If you already struggle with getting reading time in, then you probably don't want to waste your time on a book that doesn't seem like it will be up your alley. And you would rather use your precious reading minutes each month on a book you're already hoping to read. So I understand why my personal preference doesn't work for everyone. But I really, really, really feel strongly about it for book clubs that I'm in, and especially for book clubs that contain, for the most part, regular readers that letting one person choose the book and rotating that responsibility instead of all choosing it together, it just has a ton of value. It does put you on the spot a bit because when you choose the book, what if, you know, it's a bad book? (laughs) Well, that's happened. I've definitely chosen the book and then shown up to the meeting and been like, so sorry, everyone. (laughs) I do apologize. But then, you know, the opposite is true. You get to pick a book that you really want to read and that you really want your fellow members to read, but maybe they would never choose that book. And so you're kind of, in a loving way, forcing that on them, and it ends up being great. A few of the other logistics to think about are who is the main communicator or leader? That might not be the same person. A leader might not be the same as the best communicator, but... Deciding who is going to send out the email or the text or post in the Facebook group or, you know, however you have it set up for yourself. Who is going to be the person that kind of keeps everyone on track in terms of having all the right information, when the meeting is, what the book is, etc. This is kind of an important role and just like making sure that everyone knows who that person is going to be who communicates that. It's just clarity for everyone. And then likewise, Who is going to lead the discussion? Now, if you do it the way that I prefer, which is the host who also chooses the book, who also leads the discussion, it's a lot of responsibility for one meeting. But I mean, again, it's only maybe once or twice a year that this happens. And of course, depending on the relationship between the other book club members, you might not need a formal leader of the discussion. Like if you're already a friend group, you might just chitty chat away about how you felt about the book. But if you're just getting to know one another, or it's a group that might be a little more reticent around one another, coworkers, for example, then it is helpful to have a person who maybe has a list of questions. For a lot of books, especially if you're doing 
older known books or sort of current bestsellers. But for a lot of books, you can find some type of discussion guide maybe with a little bit of Googling. And if you can't find one on this exact book that you're reading, there's lots of general discussion guides out there to talk about theme and character and voice and writing and overall structure and, you know, chapter length and dialogue. And, you know, there's lots of just general things about the book that you can just do a little bit of Googling if you're shy to lead the discussion and kind of come in armed with some general questions. But deciding on all of those logistics ahead of time, it's very helpful because I feel like everyone will know their role and will know a little bit about what to expect as part of this club, which brings me to number four, set the expectations early. Now, the expectations I'm talking about here is a little bit different than the logistics that we just talked about. When I say set the expectations early, I'm sort of talking more about like the vibe, the general, like kind of the looser ideas around how you want your meetings to feel, what you want them to look like, how you want to walk away from these meetings. There's some things to think about here that do not have to be hard and fast and may take a little bit of figuring out. But I guess I mean things like, if you're a friend group, for example, are you going to talk about the book for the first 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and then the meeting can become more of a social hour kind of after that? Or What's sort of the vibe around like if you didn't finish the book? Are you welcome to come to the meeting? Or really, we don't want to have to keep it a spoiler-free conversation, so don't come to the meeting if you didn't finish it and you really want to. So when you set the expectations early, this is again tied to number one, our why we're starting a book club in the first place. You will have stricter or looser expectations depending on how serious you are about the actual reading versus just using a book club as a way to get to know people better and, you know, have a little bit of a social outlet. So a group's expectations might be all over the place, but I do think it's nice if paired with the logistics that everyone sort of understands what their expectations are for their role in the group, for what the meeting will look like, what the time commitment looks like, what the vibe is going to be as much as one can plan on a vibe. You know, depending on what time of day you meet, if you're an evening book club, if you're a brunch time book club, if there will be food provided or not, that's sort of a gray area between logistics and expectations. But it matters to people like, do I need to eat a meal before I come? Or am I the only one bringing wine and this is a non-drinking group and that's going to feel weird? Like just having some vibe expectations going It is helpful for all involved. Okay, number five on the how to start a book club list. Number five is just start. Depending on your personality type, hearing me talk through this might, you know, thrill you to make all these lists of the rules and boundaries and potential vibe of your book club, or it might be giving you like a major buzzkill. to be hearing that you just wanted to like have a book club. You didn't know you needed to think through all of these, you know, different things. And while I do hope all of these things are a guide and I'm sharing them from experience, that it is nice to have thought through these things at least a little bit ahead of time versus figuring it out on the fly. 
really the main thing is just to start. Just have your first meeting. Pick a book, any book, read it, and then talk about it. That is why we have a book club. That is the most important part of book club. And you can get all in your head about logistics and members and finding a time that works for everyone. And, you know, all of that can be overwhelming or frustrating when really, you know what you have to do? You have to start. You have to set a time, you know, accommodate as many people as possible, but you're never going to please everyone all the time. You're going to pick a book and then you're going to meet. And right after that very first meeting, you will know better how to do the next meeting. That's just how it's going to go. Which brings us very obviously to number six, adjust as necessary. With sunshine, outdoor activities, and so many fun things to do outside, it is impossible not to enjoy all of these good weather days up ahead. Of course, we all know that more sun and fun means more sweating, and yes, more odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi. Lumi is the first of its kind in the full-body deodorant world and is seriously safe to use on any and every part of your body. It was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how regular body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben-free. It is also pH-balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code U at lumideodorant.com. That equates to 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T, Dot com and use code U, Y-O-U. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. Number six is adjust as necessary because you will almost surely have to adjust. And what is it you might adjust? Well, literally everything I just said. You might have to adjust your why. You might have to adjust your members. You might have to adjust your logistics, the types of book you are going to choose, how you chose the book, who hosts, who leads the meeting, who sends the email, what the vibe is like. All of those things you might have to adjust. And that's okay. Starting a book club with a really rigid idea of what you want it to be, unless you know that everyone else in the book club is going to follow your lead or not care, which is incredibly unlikely, then you're probably going to have to adjust. Maybe you need to start with easier book choices, like something that makes people really excited before you, you know, take a deep dive on a really hard topic right from the beginning. Maybe you have to think about when you meet, that evenings are always going to be hard for, you know, parents with babies 
or that weekends are just a no-go for some people or that it's really too much pressure on the person hosting at their home to also be the person providing the food and drink. So possibly that side of the logistics needs to be divvied up. Maybe there's someone in your group that's a little bit of a spotlight hog and they just really spent a lot of time sharing their opinions and other people in the group didn't get so much of a say. So then you have to think about, is there a way to facilitate the discussion where everyone gets to share? Like you go around the circle answering a question or you have the talking stick. Is that what it's called? I went to a different type of meeting, not a book club meeting. (laughs) It was actually a very beautiful type of meeting for someone's birthday. And we passed around this stick and I can't remember. I feel like it had a special name. And you know, when you had the stick, it was your turn to talk. And it was a beautiful way to share and to give the spotlight to the person with the stick. It was a visual cue for who had the floor in that moment. So anyway, there's quite a few things that you might have to adjust And they might be things that you hadn't even thought about in advance. And you would not know that if you hadn't done number five, which was start. I'm a rule maker and a rule follower, and I love to think through logistics. And so all of these pregame decisions are fun and interesting to me. But the most important part of this whole thing is number five and number six. Start and adjust as necessary. This is what I want for your book club. Now, here's a few side tangents besides the actual like how to start a book club. A few things to think about is that there are variations on this structure that are super interesting. You might choose a theme for your book club. This obviously changes up then how to choose a book or what type to choose or even this might change up how the discussion is led or how things are communicated. But if you choose a theme that's like let's read through the classics, let's read all voices of color, let's read the past 10 National Book Award winners. There are lots of themes that you might start a book club around that make a lot of sense or just fun. Let's read all books by authors from our state. I don't know, whatever you can dream of could be a great theme. And if you've been in a book club for a while and it feels like it's getting a little stale or maybe you could just use a little fresh direction, then maybe like pick a theme for the year. Or if you don't want to commit to the year, just like pick a theme for the next few months or for one rotation of how many people are in your group and then pivot and choose a new theme. Even as I'm talking it through right now, this would actually be a great thing to do with my current book club of just three of us. We could each choose a book on a theme and then we could change themes. That way we're not on the theme necessarily for the whole year. But let's say we chose one topic, we would all read three books on that one topic and then that would be a real deep dive into a really specific thing. And that's nice. It's nice to spend your reading life that way. So that's one variation on a book club. Another variation I heard, which was super interesting, this would work for groups that are on the large side, so bigger groups or for groups that are a little bit persnickety about what they read, like they are uninterested in reading something chosen by somebody else. But someone commented on my Instagram one time that they're part of a book club. I actually think this is like a community book club. So this might even be strangers sharing this. But at the meetings, you show up for book club, but instead of discussing one book that everyone read, you just go around and you have 
however long you have the floor to share the best book you've read lately. So you're getting to talk about a book that you really loved and made an impact on you. And then if you're a fellow attendee, you're getting all kinds of solid recommendations and inspiration for what you might want to read next. I love this idea. This happens on social media when I often ask people, what's the best book you've read lately? And people will answer me, but we don't always get a chance to explain why we loved it so much. And so this would be like a really amazing meeting like that, you know? And so I really like this idea for a bigger group. I will also say, even for a small group, for my smaller group, not just the one I'm in now, but in the past, a lot of times we take the summers off or maybe we take the holiday season off or whatever. In groups I've been in in the past, if we've had a a break for some reason, when we come back, either in place of or in addition to having one book that we all discuss, we also then share, oh, this is the best thing I read over the summer or over the holiday break because We were all regular readers and we all had something else that we really wanted to talk about besides just the book that had been chosen for the meeting. So I really like this. Another variation, and this is is really adjacent to what we're talking about, but I'm going to mention it because I keep thinking about it, is a podcast club or an article club. So when I talked about this another time online, someone mentioned that for all the host of reasons that we've already discussed, their group of friends or whatever group it was that had formed, they just couldn't commit to a book. And so instead, they would read a long-form article. You can find so many great long-form articles online. Longform.org is a great resource. It links to some of the best long-form articles that you can find online from all kinds of publications. So that's often some form of journalism, maybe investigative journalism. It's more rare that that would be personal narrative, but maybe. But it's just a much shorter commitment to do an article club. And that can spark all kinds of really amazing conversations, depending on the article, especially because a lot of those will be very culturally relevant at the time, right? Like whatever long form article is usually going viral, it is possibly very time specific and might be great for everyone to, you know, talk about this really specific thing. And they've only had to commit to reading a few thousand words. So I love that idea. And then also a podcast club idea. Same thing, but instead of reading, it's listening to a podcast series or a podcast episode or maybe a few episodes or something like that, and then getting together and discussing it much like you would a book club. This is an amazing idea. I listen to so many podcasts, especially series, like I'll binge a podcast series, and I really want to talk to someone about it, just like I would want to talk to someone about a really great book. And as we already discussed, you know, not everyone is a reader, but they want to be part of a community like this. They have thoughts and opinions on these topics or these works of art that aren't necessarily books. I guess if you want to just keep going with this idea, you could do a movie club, a documentary club. Jeff and I used to host, this was pre-children by the way, but we had a brief period of time where we hosted a documentary night where people came over to the house and we like would usually grill out or have some food and some dinner and then we would all watch a documentary. It was super fun. And I'm tossing that out here, even though it's a little bit of a different thing, but especially now when people's social lives have been radically disrupted, and these are all meetings that could be done on Zoom or that we could keep in mind for later in this year when it's safe to gather with one another, and also that kind of crosses different types of personalities. So 
people who might never commit to a book club might very much be interested in a movie club or an article club or a podcast club, something like that. And that might be separate from book club. You know, it might be something that you do in addition or that you suggest to someone in your life that has come to mind. But I'm throwing it in here because I think all of these things are coming down to the general same idea. Good conversations, connection, broadening our hearts and minds, having a social life, talking about something besides our to-do list or our kids or our jobs or coronavirus. That's what we're looking for in 2021, right? So I hope that this all gave you something to think about as inspiration to start your own book club or how to make any necessary adjustments to your existing book club. Breathe fresh life into it, if you will. I know this was a lot of information. I know that it was a lot of it was based on my own opinion. If you ask 10 people how to start a book club, you're going to get 10 different answers. But I really do hope this was fun for you to listen through and apply to your own life, your own current book club, or one you would like to start. Now remember, I am hosting an online book club for my book, Share Your Stuff, I'll Go First. That will start in mid-February. And to join that, all you have to do is pre-order the book and fill out the form at shareyourstuffbookbonuses.com. Shareyourstuffbookbonuses.com. Also, don't forget the freebie I created called 10 Books for Your Next Book Club Selection is available at 10thingstotellyou.com slash how to start a book club. And there's also a link in the show notes for all of this. So go grab that if you're interested in that. I love talking book club stuff with you. And I can't wait to hear your take on this episode, how your book club functions. I want to hear all of that. And so make sure you tag the show at 10 Things to Tell You on Instagram or Facebook if you share this episode. And I hope that you do because sharing episodes means so much to podcasters. So thanks for listening, everyone. Now go share something. I'm Laura Tremaine, and you've just listened to the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. You can find the show notes and subscribe to episode emails at 10thingstotellyou.com slash podcast. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 Things to Tell You. Remember, this is an interactive podcast. I have 10 things to tell you, and you have 10 things to tell. So take this topic to your journal or a friend or post on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. These episodes are meant to bring connection with others and ourselves and spark better conversations. Thanks for listening. Now go share something.